you know, sometimes uh, you and I need an attitude adjustment. <laughs> and he had a little bit of an attitude adjustment, and I thought that was a great, uh, a great little visual for the text that we're going to look at this morning. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and the Apostle Paul has just gotten done with just this marvelous uh, letter and epistle, and it's full of glorious doctrine. At the very end, he is just laying out for the Thessalonians what a daily Christian walk looks like. And he had to remind them of something that this gentleman needed reminding of and that you and I, I think, need reminding of. Here's what the Bible clearly teaches. We're going to see it in this passage. A primary mark, not a secondary mark, a primary identifying factor of a follower of Christ is gratitude, is thankfulness. This week, lots of people are going to celebrate Thanksgiving. Now, everybody can celebrate Thanksgiving. They can find Something, but there is, listen, a small segment of our society that are regularly and consistently thankful. Now, Thursday, many people are going are gonna to ask around the table, what are you thankful for? And that's a great question. What are you really thankful for? What are you grateful for? But today, I want us to sit together before the word of the Lord. We want to look at God's word and we want to hear from God. And we're not going to ask a question. What are you thankful for? Because he doesn't ask a question in this passage. He makes a command. It's not a question. What are you thankful for? It is a command to be thankful. In fact, it's really one sentence. Look at verse 16. It's really one sentence. And it contains these three commands. He says, Rejoice how often? Always. Pray when? Without ceasing. And give thanks in how many circumstances? All circumstances. Not just on Thanksgiving. And so it is, it is important for us to make sure we have an attitude of gratitude. We are to give thanks in all circumstances. And just in case you didn't catch it, Look at the rest of that verse. For this is or might be, it is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. All God's people should be grateful. Amen? Of all the people on planet earth, you and I have no reason to be ungrateful, to be unthankful. We should be marked by that. But I'm telling you, our community, our world... Our society is just marked by cynicism, isn't it? It's marked by ingratitude. We are to be people, if you look at that three verses, we're to be people of continual praise. We are to be people of continual, unceasing prayer. And if you look at that next verse, verse 18, what we're going to unfold today is we are to be people, people of consistent unconditional thanksgiving, gratitude. And so this has really just been working on my heart this week as I've been reading, because I, I just know that sometimes I need an attitude 
adjustment. I'm just glad, glad doesn't, God doesn't take my uh, washing machine. Amen? But he gives us the word of God to kind of bring us in line. And so I want to exhort you today and encourage you to be people who are thankful. And not just on Thanksgiving week, but every single day, every single day of your life. Here's why. Ingratitude is one of the core marks of the unbelief. And if you look inside of most sin, most sin and rebellion and lust of the mind and flesh and lust of the eyes and all those things that attack us and bring us down, if you drill down into that, you see things like pride and you see things like anger and some things, but if you drill right in the heart of most things, it, it, it is a, an ingratitude for who God is and what he has done for you. And so an unbeliever, someone who has never understood God or knows God, uh, can't, fully, can't fully embrace the kind of gratitude you can. And so it is a mark of unbelief, but it is also at the heart of many of our sins. Just, just go back with me to the, the Garden of Eden. I mean, can you imagine living in the Garden of Eden? You don't need washing machines. You don't have to wear clothes. Just imagine what kind of, you don't have to go shopping. Imagine a place you never had to go to the mall. Just say amen, men, right? I mean, that would just be glorious. No malls. Because you don't have to wear any clothes. You never have any hospitals. Teens, there's no acne in the Garden of Eden. I mean, there's no, this is an amazing place. There's no homework. There's no ignorance. Your minds were perfect. Everything you could have possibly wanted was there. The animals just did whatever you told them. You got to name the animals. You got to pet the lions, all these kind of things. I mean, it was just a huge, marvelous petting zoo. I mean, it was incredible. They had everything. Why in the world did they sin? Well, somehow they took their eyes off all that God had done for them. They walked in the garden with God. They knew him face to face, and yet they took their eyes off that and put it on the one thing they didn't have and became ungrateful. I got to have that. The heart of our rebellion is often ingratitude. The apostle Paul shows how birth in Eden, this ingratitude has infected mankind. And what, what you see in our world today is a result of this ingratitude. Look at Romans 1, 21. Romans 1, 21. Paul is... Uh, uh, laying out the process of decay that occurred in the world. And he says, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God, recognize him as God, appreciate him as God. They didn't honor him as God or give him what? Give thanks to him. At the very beginning of his uh, of his this process of decay is that moment where they said, we do not really recognize the value of God nor the value of all that he has done and given to us. And they turn their eyes off of all of that and they put it on themselves. And look what happens. Look at the fruit of ingratitude. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were... 
They claim to be wise, became fools. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images, resembled men and birds and animals. God gave them over in the lust of their bodies among themselves as they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. For this reason, God gave them over to dishonorable passions. Their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. The men likewise gave up natural relations. Women were consumed with Men commit shameless acts with men and receiving themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God and appreciate God and be thankful to God, God gave to a debased mind to do what ought not be done. You see? The fruit of ingratitude. <laughs> it's not going to get much better, I'm afraid to say. Second Timothy 3 says, but understand this, that in the last days... There will come times of difficulty for people. People will be lovers of who? Of lovers of pleasure, money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents. And what's this next word? You see, it's at the root of a lot of our... It is at the heart of belief. It is a mark of unbelief. But listen to what God says in the psalmist. The psalmist said in Psalm 50, verse 22. Psalm 50, verse 22. That the Christian should be marked by constant thankfulness. And God says, when you enter into my presence, you would enter into my courts with what? Thanks. You would enter. And listen to what he says in Psalm 50, verse 22. Mark this. Mark this. Then you who forget God, lest I tear you apart. Ouch. And there be none to deliver. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice does what? Glorifies me. The, to, to one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. God is looking for a sacrifice of thanksgiving. He is looking for people that will come into his presence with thanksgiving. Giving, because that means you have recognized him. You see him for who he is. You're grateful for what he has done. The psalmist continues to declare in Psalm 69, verse 30. Uh, David says, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with my thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull. Oops. <laughs> I don't know a bull this morning or an ox. But I know what you can bring this morning. You can bring a sacrifice of praise. You can bring a heart of thanksgiving. It is the fruit of those lips that are such a blessing to God. So with those realities in mind, and with the command of Paul, not the, not the list, but the command of Paul in mind, I want to encourage you to think of two or three critical things about this verse this morning. If thanksgiving and gratitude is so important, if it is a command, not a suggestion, if God wants it when you walk into his presence, you need to ask and understand these three things. You must understand that gratitude, if you don't have it, must be developed. And gratitude must be continually developed. How do you develop gratitude? All parents know this. If you had, 
on those little kids when they're little. There's one phrase. You say it over and over and over and over and over and over again until they finally, when somebody hands them something, what do they say? Are you go, you've been there, right? I mean, I, don't, I wish I had a dollar for every time I looked at one of my children and said, what do you say? Thank you. And you just, you just are so excited. You're so excited when one of your little kids, you go to go and they say, thank you, without you prompting them. You feel, I'm a success. I can die now. They're thankful. But even greater than saying thank you is you want them to not go, thank you. You want them to feel thankful. And that's where God's moving us. He wants us not to just say thank you, but he wants us to have hearts of gratitude. And it's developed, first of all, through practice. I mean, you just got to practice gratitude. It is better to say thank you when you don't feel it than to feel thank you and not say it. You just keep being thankful. You practice being thankful. You tell God thank you, and you rejoice, and you pray, and you be thankful, and you continue to work your way towards that on a daily basis. You've got to practice that. I'm still a person that believes that saying the blessing is a good thing before you eat. How many of you think that's a good thing? Here's why you ought to say the blessing. It's practice. At least three times a day, hopefully, the people that are followers of Christ, at least three times a day, will bow their heads for 30 seconds and thank God for their meal. There are about a billion Muslims that bow three times a day in prayer towards a a false god in Mecca. Can we not bow our heads and thank God for a meal? Now, that's not a sermon about saying the blessing. It's a sermon about a heart that even when you get that big old hamburger that's about to kill you, even when you have that in front of you, you are thankful. We got to be more grateful. But, But we don't. We just, we consume life. And we take it for granted. We take it for granted. We got to practice gratitude practice it. The apostle, however, if you look at where this verse is located in the Bible, the apostle knows what you and I need to know is that gratitude is not just developed through practice. True gratitude is rooted in perspective, truth, doctrinal truth, theological truth, the realities of God. When we understand who God is and what he has done, you see, it is at the end of the book. It is at the end of all that Paul said. He says, now you can rejoice always knowing what I just said in four chapters. You can pray without ceasing knowing what you have just heard. And you can rejoice and be thankful in any situation when you understand what I just said. And so what did he just say? He gave them perspective all through the book. Incredible perspective that you and I ought to have. Let me just give you one snippet. Turn back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. If you just go back one chapter, chapter 4, verse 13 through 18, this is a passage of Scripture I read virtually at every single funeral I do. 
Because people who have a loved one who has just died need this perspective. People who are facing death need this perspective. People who are ungrateful to God need this perspective. People who start looking at their lives and complaining and saying, God, you don't love me, need this perspective. Paul says in verse 13, we don't want you to be what? Uninformed. You need this perspective. And what's he going to be talking about here? Well, watch this. He says, brothers, you need to be about those who have died, those who have fallen asleep. Don't lose perspective. I know it's bad, but you need to not grieve as who have no hope. In fact, you can have an underlying thankfulness and gratitude even in the midst of great grief as a believer. Why? Look at verse 14. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God's going to bring with him those who have died. That's a great perspective. They're not dead. They're coming back. For this we declare to you by the word from the Lord, that we who are alive and who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And here's another perspective. Then we who are alive at the second coming who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So will we always be with the Lord. Therefore, knowing these truths, what does he command us to do? Make each other thankful. Encourage one another with these kind of words. I don't know if you caught it. Three incredible truths just in this one passage. Three incredible perspectives. Jesus is returning are you grateful? <laughs> Jesus is returning. He didn't leave us in this mess. He's returning. He's going to rapture the church before the great tribulation. Are you thankful? Man, I'm so glad I'm a pre-tribulation. I'm going to stay that way until God shows me differently. I like the idea the church is going to be taken out before the great tribulation and judgment upon planet earth. And then there is a resurrection from the dead. Are you grateful? Death will not master you. It will not master you. Listen, you and I have the greatest promises on earth. When all the stars of the universe have burned out, we will be rejoicing in the presence of an almighty God. <laughs> Long after the last heart attack, cancer patient, mass murder, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth packed with life and joy and unimaginable peace. Now, I didn't make this up, folks. A resurrected man told me this. A resurrected man who said he's coming back. This is not a pipe dream. This is a promise from the Messiah. Gratitude is perspective. I wish I could just preach all day long, but I won't. Say amen. All right, anyway, gratitude is developed also by serving, by serving. It's amazing. You know, people come to me and really depressed and down, and I've just learned this from experience. The best way to get out of that is to go serve someone else. It really is because something happens. When you're serving, in particular, those people that are in need, it makes you grateful. It makes you, you don't have to go far to serve someone worse off than you. 
You really don't. Gratitude is developed through serving, and gratitude is also developed through suffering. Through suffering. I don't enjoy the fact that I blew out a knee, but it sure gave me an appreciation for people that struggle with joints. That I blew out a knee, had to have a reconstruction years ago. How many of you have been through an illness and it made you appreciate and be able to identify with people in their suffering and also grateful for your health? Suffering can bring about a sense of gratitude. Matthew Henry, some of y'all have his old commentaries, wrote this. I thought this was kind of funny. It's a little bit extreme, but it gets across the point. He was a famous Bible teacher. He was once robbed and mugged by a bunch of thieves. And just leave it up to a theologian pastor to to spiritualize it. But it's truth. Look at how he said. He said, I actually am very thankful I got mugged. First, because I've never been mugged before. (laughs) Second... Because all they, 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 they took my wallet, they didn't kill me. Thirdly, because although they took everything I owned, I didn't have very much. And finally, he says this. Now, this is deep perspective, but you, it'll just make you think. He says, it was I who was robbed and not I who robbed. Praise God. That's gratitude. Mother Teresa, at the National Prayer Breakfast in 1994, said this. This is kind of a mixture of serving and suffering. She said, one evening we went out and picked up four people from the street. One was in a most terrible condition. I told the other sisters, you take care of the other three. I will take care of the one who looks worse. So I did for her all that my love could do. I put her in bed, and there was such a beautiful smile on her face. She took hold of my hand as she said two words only. Thank you. And then she died. I could not help but examine my conscience before her, before her. And I asked of myself, what would I say if I were in her place? My answer was simple. I would have tried to draw a little attention to myself. I would have said, I'm hungry. I'm dying. I'm in pain or something. But she gave me much more. She gave me her grateful love, and she died with a smile on her face. There's a level of gratitude you'll never have unless you serve others. Unless you grow and learn in your suffering. Teaching two of my young kids to drive. I failed on the first three. I'm hoping the next two will do. No, I didn't. They did. They're all great drivers. They're all good drivers. I was just kidding. But one of the things you have to teach people to drive when they're driving is to be aware of their surroundings right you just want to be aware one of the reasons we're not grateful is we're not aware enough it's like we're driving through life texting always focused on social media and all the cool things going on in everybody else's life no wonder i'm miserable 
Why aren't I on vacation? Why aren't my kids that special? Why, why don't I look that good on social media? We need to look up and we need to look around. You know, when you're teaching your kids to drive, you teach them to use their mirrors. The only way to be aware of your circumstances is you've got you to use your rear view mirror and know all the things behind you. You've got to be constantly aware of what's behind you. You've got to use your side view mirrors so that you are constantly always aware of what's right beside you. And then you've got to use your windshield. <laughs> and you've got to continually stay focused on what's before you. If you walk out of here with anything today, I want you to take those three areas of your life and find something or many things to be thankful for. I guarantee you, if you think about it, there are some people in your past that invested in you. There are some things that you didn't think you'd make it through, and looking back in your rearview mirror, you see God taught you things and brought you through it and strengthened you for the journey. How many of you could name one person you're grateful for in your past? Raise your hand. Now, here's what, I, here's what gratitude does. It tells that person. It expresses that. A lot of times, we're just not grateful for the things that are right here, even when it's difficult time. I mean, be grateful for your spouse and for your children, for your church, for your pastor. <laughs> well, that was selfish, wasn't it? I mean, if you can't be grateful for your... But anyway... Boy, I stepped in a hole right there. It's hard to get out of that when you're preaching. Find something to be grateful for. There's plenty to be grateful for right now. And you just read your Bible. There is, there is a great day ahead. We are never hopeless. Look out the front. Look where you're going. I teach my kids the best way to drive is not to look at the road right just in front of you. The best way to drive is to look down the road a little bit. My driver's ed teacher told me that. I'm just passing it along. Look down the road a bit, church. Look back and be thankful. Look right beside you. The person sitting by you, be grateful for them. They'll be grateful for them. Well, that's number one. Let me give you number two in close. Gratitude must be developed. But if you look at this command very closely, it doesn't say to do gratitude, feel thanks. What does it say, church? Give thanks. Gratitude must be expressed. You've got to express your gratitude. Ultimately, you must express your gratitude to God. Psalm 100, verse 4 through 5, enter his gates with complaints. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, his faithfulness to all generations. 
Someone said, when a person prays without giving thanks, he has clipped the wings of prayer so it cannot rise. thought that was kind of vivid. We've got to give thanks to God. Second of all, we've got to give thanks to other people. We've got to give thanks to other people. Have you ever thanked the person who led you to Jesus? And there was probably an assortment of folks that helped lead you to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Have you ever thanked that Sunday school teacher who faithfully taught you the word of God as a child? Have you ever thanked your mother and father for loving you and giving you a good home? Have you ever thanked that wife for being the good mother and homemaker and, and, and cook and all the things and, and vice versa? Wives, have you ever thanked that husband and maybe he's the homemaker and the cook. Maybe he's the one that does a lot of those things, but maybe he's out doing his thing. But are you thankful for one another? Have you ever thanked the people that are right around you? You see, you will if you have connected to the right perspective and you have developed it, thanksgiving will overflow out of you. And it needs to for this reason, because you need to overflow into other people's lives. Why? Did you know that human beings, one of the fuels for a human being is gratitude, appreciation. People need to feel appreciated. People, it is a fuel for their life to be told how valuable and loving and, and wonderful they are. And, and any kind of gratitude will help people get along. I remember during the storm, how many of you were in a gas line during the storm? Man, I was in a great gas line over at Sam's. There must have been a thousand of us. We were waiting and I was waiting and, and it was kind of a march. Well, it was like a death march feeling like thing, but because you would see pumps go out. That one, that one went and you know, people would be mad because they'd waited and that pump went out. And I'm still looking at the pump right in front of me. And it's still going. And then the guy right in front of me, I made it, there's one guy right in front of me, and my pump's going, and almost all the rest of the pumps have gone. And I'm just, I need some fuel. And that guy had like 19 cans. He brought several relatives over. He kept going and going and going. And I was striking up a conversation with the guy behind me. He'd gotten out of his truck. I was out of my car. We're just staring at the guy pumping the gas, just praying, you know, and we're kind of talking and really, I hope. And so somehow or another, there was gas left. I pulled up, and here's what I thought as I started to put that gas in. I hope I'm not the last one. I just, because I got to know this guy, so I wish I hadn't got to know him. Now it's really going to be bad, but. So I'm pumping, I'm pumping, I'm pumping, and I'm thinking, I need to leave some gas, some fuel for this guy. And I mean, literally every pump was done but mine. And I knew it was low. The lady had already come over and said, there's like 20 gallons left in the entire property in some tank. So I quit about halfway through. I quit. So I drove off. He pulled up. Well, I go over to Lowe's. I walk into Lowe's. And you won't believe this. As I'm walking into Lowe's, here comes that guy that was right behind me. And he comes up, and he, he, he's walking in, and he sees me. I said, please tell me 
you got a little bit of fuel that I got five gallons and it quit it quit the man needed some fuel and he got some fuel the people around you need that fuel they need to hear that you're grateful that you're thankful don't don't expend it save some for when you get home thankfulness and gratitude must be expressed to others let me give you a little exercise well the final point I won't expand on it is gratitude must be must never be conditional the Bible says give thanks in all circumstances how many circumstances that means it's not conditional here's there's one word there I don't want you to walk out misunderstanding it's very clear in the Greek it's not give thanks for all circumstances because I don't want you to get the wrong impression give thanks where in big difference I'm not grateful for sin I'm not grateful for death I'm not grateful for people that walk in and murder people in church we're not to be grateful for the works of Satan but we can be grateful in it and through it because we know the faithfulness and reality and sovereignty of God so we can find gratefulness and thanksgiving in some of the most challenging times of our lives but you got to do a little exercise and here's a little exercise for you to go would you take some time and just write these four things down would you find and this is important that this is the, the important to do it in this order because the command is love your neighbor as yourself. Now I know as a sort of an introverted, inverted, introverted person who's self-analyzing. You can get down on your and you can actually begin to develop an image of yourself I want you to find five things about you, the reality of who you are, to be grateful for. That might be the hardest one of all. Because there are five things about you, I guarantee you, that are positive. <laughs> Would you find those five things and thank God for them? Thank God for them? I want you to five, find five promises, blessings, benefits of being a follower of Christ. And there are lots of them. Look in the Bible. I want you to consider also, make this list, five problems. 
through which and from which you have grown. I want you to look in the rearview mirror and think about what God brought you through and how he has grown you from that. And then I want you to finally, I want you to act on this. Five people that have blessed you, impacted your life that you are so grateful for and find some way to express it. Don't just feel it. If they're still alive, express it. Let them know. Luke used to take violin from a guy, young guy, when Luke was just a little kid named Rickenbacker. His great-great-grandfather was Eddie Rickenbacker. Y'all ever heard of this guy? Now, he was a great World War I ace, but in World War II, he was shot down in a bomber, and he spent 24 days with some of his mates in a raft, and he wrote a book about it, and, and he survived. And, when, when, and here's, the, here's the story of his survival, 24 days out in the ocean. He writes this. He says, Cherry, that was the B-17 pilot, Captain William Cherry, read the service that afternoon, and we finished with a prayer for deliverance and a hymn of praise. You can just picture him in that little raft doing that. There was some talk, but it tapered off in the oppressive heat. With my hat pulled down over my eyes to keep out some of the glare, I dozed off. Something landed on my head. I knew it was a seagull. I don't know how I knew. I just knew they were starving. Everyone else knew too. No one said a word. But peering out from under the hat, my hat brim, without moving my head, I could see the expressions on their faces. Don't mess it up. This is our chance. They were staring at the gull. The gull meant food, if I could catch it. Well, they caught the gull. They divided it equally among themselves. They turned some of it into fish bait, and they survived for 24 days. The goal's unwitted sacrifice of itself enabled them to survive. But here's what he did. This is, where, this is how you apply it. Upon returning home every Friday evening until he died, about sundown, on a lonely stretch along the eastern Florida seacoast, you could see a grateful old man walking about with a bucket of shrimp. He was on his way to feed the what? The seagulls. That gray-headed, slightly stooped old man was expressing his gratitude for that one goal, which on a day long past gave itself like manna in the wilderness. We can close with this. The one who sacrificed himself to us, for us. The one who came from heaven to our certain death and gave himself on the cross as a sacrifice to us deserves our gratitude and every day we should carry around a bucket of shrimp just being thankful being thankful to an incredible incredible God he came for you and he came for me Jesus saved Jesus saves.
With that in mind, let's thank him for all he's done. Let's thank others for what they've done. Let's pray together. With every head bowed, every eye closed, let's take a minute before we go to life group and all of that and just, just be thankful. Some of you have never received Christ. You've never received that gift. He came to you. He landed right on your head. He came into your life and he is offering you salvation. But you must take him in. You must receive Christ by faith. If you've never trusted Christ, you're not spiritually alive. You're still spiritually adrift and lost. Would you receive Christ today? When we stand in a moment and sing this song, there will be counselors available for you to respond. I'll be right here at the front. Come and receive Christ. Let us help walk you through that, that uh, prayer. Let us just get you going in the right direction. Maybe some of you today is a day where you must do what I've done a little bit this week. It's just repent of our ingratitude and we take our eyes off what's before us, beside us, and behind us and we're just looking into the details of our lives and we forget. Help us do that little practice. Did you do that little, that little practice I gave you? Maybe it's a time just to repent with thankfulness. Father, we thank you for your great gift to us. We're so grateful. We recognize you as God. Help us forget none of your benefits. And we bring you right now a sacrifice and an offering of praise. In Christ's name.